Welcome to Sales Secrets, new shows daily. Subscribe now. On today's episode of the podcast, we hear from Brandon and Jeremy McGillray to talk about the key components in sales. Let's take a listen. What was the secret when you were doing the MB, like when you were doing the your financial firm? Was there any one thing that stood out to you that you guys did that no one else was doing? Anything tactically or execution wise, like that you did in sales and marketing that really pushed it over the edge compared to everyone else? Yeah, and I have a great story for that. It's important for people to know when it comes to managing 100 million in assets or closer to a half a billion in assets, that wasn't money I had in my personal bank account. Those were assets of clients and mainly international investors that we manage their money. I don't want anyone to think that I had 100 million in the account because that hasn't happened quite yet. But when it comes down to the selling aspect of this, the first key component to selling anything is confidence in your ability to provide the service to your customer. And too many people haven't became a student of their business and mastered their craft and figured it out so that they have that outrageous confidence to present their product or their solution. The number one thing anyone's looking for, I don't care what you're doing, I don't care if you're dating, I don't care if you're in a boardroom, I don't care if you're trying to close a deal. The number one thing everyone is looking for is an absolute certainty that you can provide what you're going to provide. Literally, right before I jumped on this call, I I closed a deal and I closed the deal at a, a decent price and there was no negotiations whatsoever. Here's my price. Here's what I can do for you. I'm the best in the world at this. Take it or maybe try your luck with someone else. And I emphatically believe you could put a lie detector test on me or put a gun to my head. I believe I'm the best. I believe 100% I'm the best in the world at developing tightly engineered sales funnels that will convert cold traffic into warm buyers that will repeat to buy. There's no one else on the planet. I don't care who, who it is on the globe. I'm the best. But what made me the best was my ability to not own a television, was my ability to not get addicted to distractions, was my ability to not spend major time on minor stuff, was to really dial deep and figure out everything I could from everyone out there. So dialing back to your question, sorry to circle around, but in finance, here's how I did it. And it's the same thing as I did killing it in the online arena. So in finance, I went to all of these big time financial advisors that drove Bentleys, that traveled on private jets, and I was a young kid at that point. I was you know, Damn. in my late teens, early 20s, and I was hungry for success. I grew up in a family that dealt with generational welfare. And the one thing I knew is I wanted to be an asset, not a liability to people in life. So with my own children, anytime we're driving around and there's homeless people around, I don't necessarily give people money because I just want to give money out. But if my children are with me, everyone gets money. The point of that is I want my children to develop a mindset early on that we're givers. We're people that help everyone else out there because we are outrageously blessed because of the work I've put in mainly, but we're outrageously blessed with what we have. And it's important to know that we should give, give, give as much as we can. So anyhow, going back to the question, I would go to the top financial advisors that were outrageously successful. I would take a notebook and a pen, very simplistic. And I would just ask them, building their ego as much as I could, how'd you do it? And I would take notes. And it would, here's the key that a lot of people don't get. When you go to someone that's worth $10 million at a 22 22 years old, and you don't come from money, and you don't come from a last name that people know, you can't just ask these people to talk to them. They won't even, they won't speak to you. 
you have to bribe them in any way that you can. Figure out what they like. If they like Ferraris, go to eBay and buy a model Ferrari that has some type of sentimental value inside of it for 120 bucks. You've got to get to these people and you've got to let them know that I'm hungry for this information and that I'm not just here for a one and done or in one move and prove. I'm here for the long haul. So once you figure out the, the art of unique gifts, if you will, you get some time with these people at lunch or with coffee or just in their office. And you know, you shut up and listen. How'd you do it? If you could do it all over again, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? And you take copious notes. You write, yeah. you write, you write, you write. Like what I'm doing right now. I've got like three pages of notes already. If you enjoy Sales Secrets and you'd like to help out the show, go to the Apple Podcast app, the purple icon, and give us five stars. Those reviews help drive the show up the charts and through the algorithm so we can help even more salespeople, marketers, and entrepreneurs. What do you mean? Like all of your time is just spent on just skill, like training? Like what does that mean? I don't own a television. I'm not addicted to the things that other people are addicted to. I'm taking the shot. I'm, I'm going above and beyond with these people. Um, like you're just creating these habits that, force you to, to work? Here's the key component. I, I talk extensively in my new book, CEO, about social media and about our phones being a weapon of mass distraction. Everybody wants to have these notifications for all kinds of garbage out there. And the regret I have for my Instagram book is I uncovered exactly what it takes to build a massive following, to create tightly engineered selling systems on Instagram and really dominate the market on Instagram. And I uncovered that the exact same way I figured finance out by talking to the biggest names out there who are actually doing it and modeling their strategies and getting their information. But the, the problem that I believe a lot of people are struggling with, it goes down to spending major time on minor stuff. I came six years ago, I was given a $300 check and told good luck. And that was it six years ago. And I've parlayed that moving forward into going to Harvard, into becoming a number one best-selling author on every major continent, into winning the Two Comma Club Award with ClickFunnels by generating a million dollars. And so it all deviates back to the habits and the way you live your life, and more importantly than anything else in life, your reference point. What's your reference point? I mean, do you think you deserve to drive a Toyota Camry and live in a home that has linoleum on the floors? If that's what you think, then so be it. You will. If you believe that someone should open the door for you every time you walk out to a meeting or if you believe that you should sit in a first class seat or if you believe that your family deserves to not be interrupted and, and do whatever they want at, at the events and stuff that you attend to, you've got to live your life a different way and you've got to have a different reference point and you've got to spend your time on different stuff. There's no way in hell you can spend your time looking for the bottom of your Instagram or Facebook feed if you know that you need to put your family on a private jet and take them to California. You just can't do that. You don't have time for that stuff. And so someone's reference point and what they believe, and I gave a talk in Houston last week that I was really emphatic on this, everybody's life would change this very moment if they would just change the standards that they believe they deserve. I know when I was down and out and had nothing, I was pissed off. I wasn't happy. All my family was like, why are you mad all the time? Well, I'm eating what I don't want to eat. I'm living where I don't want to live. I'm driving what I don't want to drive. I'm living, I'm wearing what I don't want to wear. I was outrageously angry. The rest of the world wants to conform and say, this is my lot in life. This is the way things are going to be, I guess. That's major bullshit. Your lot in life is what you make it. And again, we'll circle around a couple times to some stuff because obviously I can talk, but 
the key component that I believe nobody has an excuse. Six years ago, I had $300 and no place to live. And I'm not saying that I'm flying on private jets all around the world at this point by any means in my recovery process, but I believe that my life is a higher quality than most lives out there. And it's all because you might have to go to a job that you hate and that sucks. I get it. I had to do that for a little while as well. But when that job is over, that's when you go to work. That's where you really go to the activities and figure out what's it going to take. I was able to win the two comic club award very quickly where most people have been in this business forever because I figured out what it was going to take and I understood that progress is in the process and I repeated something long enough to have success. We are hiring here at Seamless.ai. That is right. We have over 850 positions open right now. Hundreds of SDRs, hundreds of AEs, 50 engineers across every department in the company. We're hiring nearly 850 positions this year. So if you want to work for Seamless.ai, help the world connect opportunity, apply at Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Seamless.ai forward slash careers. Thanks for joining Sales Secrets. New shows daily. Subscribe now.